Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. You join me as we pray today. Father, we're so grateful for the opportunity to gather together in this place to lift our voices in praise to you and say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Thank you, Father, for uh, your love to us. Thank you for your forgiveness and thank you for your presence. And may we honor you with our worship today. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We are so glad you're here. It's nice to see some uh, first-timers again this week. We're glad that you are here and glad to see everybody pretty much in their places. It's kind of kind of nice to see everybody where they normally are, but we're glad you're here and uh, we're glad you've chosen to worship with this church family. If you are a guest today, as you go out, there is a gift for you at the Welcome Center. Just take one of those bags, has a little gift and has lots of information in it. Also in front of you, you want to take a picture of the QR code um, that looks sort of like this, uh, and it will take you to the Connect card, and it will also take you to news and announcements and prayer requests and other information. So if you want to do that, you'll find it in front of the pew or on one of the chairs in the balcony. But again, we're glad you're here, and we're glad those of you uh, who have joined us by live stream, by Facebook Live, and by, um, by YouTube, we're glad that you're worshiping with us today. I would invite you to stand and greet all of those around you as we have been doing in the past few weeks. And then we're going to sing, I am thine, O Lord.
worship him and we honor him from the inside out. You join as we continue in worship together.
may be seated. What a great day it is to be in the Lord's house and to be able to stand on the promise of the love of Jesus Christ and his mercy and his grace. We are so grateful that death has been defeated. We have victory through Jesus. And every week there's an opportunity where we can pray together. And I know with this many folks, there are so many different concerns and needs and sickness and worry and fear and concern 
but God is faithful and he promises to be with you and me it's great to see so many of you back for the first time and in, in over a year we welcome you back to God's house like to give a special welcome to those who might be worshiping with us on Facebook live or YouTube we're grateful that you're able to worship with us as so many have shared with me that they watch us every week in their pajamas even with their pets so we're gonna have a pajama Sunday and bring your dog to church Sunday that's for the Millers and so uh, we are grateful that you're here and I'd like to invite you to join me as we go to the Lord in prayer father it's great to sing praise to you my my voice is hoarse because I was singing out so much because may we never take for granted the opportunity and the freedom we have to worship may we never father be complacent about our worship and father may we never be ashamed of the one who is not ashamed to don an old rugged cross to save us from our sin father today we have come to worship jesus christ the king of kings and the lord of lords lord we welcome your spirit into this place we welcome these folks into this place we welcome folks worshiping with us virtually father we ask today that everything we say and do would be glorifying to you Lord, if there are folks that have come to this place or watching today and they don't know you, Jesus, personally, I pray that today the Holy Spirit would touch them and convict them and draw them to you so they might experience newness of life. Father, I pray for folks who are hurting today, folks that are grieving. We pray for Arvin Webster and Annie Webster and the Webster family and the loss of their sister Hattie and ask that they might feel your comfort and your love. Father, we pray for many on our prayer list in the hospital or in rehabilitation or in therapy and God, we ask that you, the great healer and the great physician would heal them because we know you are still in the miracle working business we pray for a miracle of healing god that you would be glorified and the people might be saved as a result of your divine power father we continue to pray for our world and our country for healing yes from this pandemic but father from the division and the hate Father, that there might be unity and peace and oneness and love and that the devil would not have any glory or victory in our country or in our world. Father, bless this church and all the churches that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that revival and spiritual awakening would break loose. Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit might move today. Maybe it's someone battling private pain, grief, 
anxiety, depression, loneliness, addiction. Oh God, meet us right where we are. Deliver us and draw us to you. I ask, Lord, that you would just forgive me of any sin. And Father, I want my heart to be right with yours. Lord, I pray that today that there would be a clear passage from your heart to our hearts that all of us would draw closer to you. We love you, O Lord, and ask now that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music and through the proclamation of your word. And Father, I pray that when I am weak, then I would be strong through Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, and help us, Lord, we pray. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5? Matthew chapter 5, and we'll just be reading one verse, and I'm grateful for a, an ensemble of our choir will be here to lead us in worship. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for all the beautiful music today from our worship teams and pianists and organists. It's, it's great, again, to worship the Lord together. One verse, verse 5, Matthew 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you so much for leading us. And that gets your toe tapping this morning. And so grateful to see all of you here. And I always like to share a little uh, humor at the beginning. I shared at the early service, I did not feel called to be a stand-up comedian or I would starve to death. But I am so thankful to be able to share some humor together to get us ready to hear some more important things. Maybe you all heard the story about Charlie was a regular at the racetrack. And Charlie one day was at the racetrack and noticed something very unusual. And this seemed appropriate since we're just coming off the Kentucky Derby. Charlie noticed that there was a Catholic priest who had gone over to some of the stables and had blessed one of the horses. Well, out of curiosity, he watched that horse carefully in that next race, and wouldn't you know, that horse that that priest blessed won the race. So Charlie followed that priest around, and sure enough, that priest went to another horse in another stable, and he blessed it, and, uh, and Charlie just on a hunch decided he would put down a, a little wager and that horse won the race, and Charlie won $50. And so he continued to watch that priest the rest of the day with all the races. He came out ahead that he was $1,000 that he had made of following the priest and his blessings. And so Charlie knew there was one last race of the day. It was a, it was a big race, so he felt led to go down to the bank and take out his life savings. He had $20,000 saved. And he decided that he was going to place that $21,000, the thousand he'd already made with the $20,000, and he was going to bet on that horse that he had seen the priest bless before that last race. So he went to the betting window, placed his bet, and and he watched the race. He was cheering those horses on and, and watching his horse move to the front of the line. And, and wouldn't you know, before it got to the finish line, that horse dropped over dead. <laughs> well, he was devastated. He was like, oh, my gosh, that was my life savings. I can't, can't believe it. And so he found that priest after the race, and he went up to him and he said, sir, I... I want to tell you something. I've been watching you bless these horses all day long, and they were all winners. And he said, and then I put my life savings on this last race. And then the horse dropped over dead, and I, I just can't believe it. I mean, what happened? I mean, what, why didn't your prayer work, the blessing work for this race? And that priest shook his head and said, that's the trouble with you Protestants. You can't tell the difference between a blessing and the last rites. <laughs> you might want to say the last rites over that joke as, as, as well. When I was young, I would see in the back of comic books the Charles Atlas Fitness Training Program. Do any of y'all remember seeing that? The Charles Atlas Fitness Training Program. 
And if you remember, there was a comic strip that had a 98-pound weakling who was having sand kicked in his face on the beach. And so this 98-pound weakling orders the Charles Atlas Fitness Training Program. Remember, Charles Atlas had been awarded the world's most perfectly developed man was his award, the world's most perfectly developed man. And so this 98-pound weakling orders the program, and he goes from being a puny zero to a powerful hero. He stands up to the bully, and he gets the girl, and he feels so much better because he had followed the program. At the end of that ad, Charles Atlas had said, let me prove that I can make you a new man. Let me prove I can make you a new man. For the last several weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called The Summit of Joy. We've been looking at that great Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. And to begin this message, he gave eight characteristics or eight Beatitudes, if you will, to help us to become a more perfectly developed follower of Christ or a disciple of Jesus Christ. In reality, he was saying, let me prove that I can make you a new man, a new woman, a new person, a better person than you've ever been. And today we come to the third beatitude where Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. When we think of meek, we often think of that 98 pound weakling. We think of someone who's spineless, but that's not at all what it means. The Greek word for meekness is praotis, which actually means humility or in need of forgiveness. Some have defined it as gentleness or mildness. And so when we think of meekness today, we're not thinking of weakness. Meekness does not mean weakness. I want to make that clear. But I pray today that if you are wanting to develop into a more perfect follower of Christ or disciple of Jesus Christ that we would experience first rebirth. We would experience rebirth. You know, we're living in a society where in order to make it to the top, we many times see people using intimidation or self-promotion or the me first or whoever I need to shove out of the way to get my way, that's what I will do. That's the kind of society that we're living in. It's a, it's a me first or to get what I want. But that's not what it means to be meek. Remember, I just said that it means humility. It means, again, submission. It means mildness. It means Gentleness, and I'm going to give you another definition in just a moment, but so many times we are too prideful, we are too arrogant, we are too 
haughty to come to Christ with our sin, to come to Christ with our problems, to come to Christ with our struggles. I think about what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 in that familiar passage when he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, for those who are looking for God, for those who are looking to do good, if you're getting tired of trying to find answers, tired of trying to do good, he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and, and I will give you rest. You know what this reminded me of? You remember in John's Gospel, John chapter 3, there was a Pharisee religious leader of that time named Nicodemus. Y'all remember old Nicodemus? Nicodemus had come to Jesus at night. And why did he come at night? Well, some have speculated that he came at night. One, because he didn't want anybody to see him. He didn't want any of his other religious buddies to see that he was going to see this Galilean preacher. Or maybe he was fearful to be seen going. It's possible that because the crowds were always so large around Jesus, that that was the only time he could have a lengthy conversation with Jesus. But do you remember that he came to Jesus, and I really think he was looking for answers. Some of you all are here today, and you're looking for answers. You've been looking for God and love in all the wrong places. You're trying to fill that void in your heart, and you're still coming up empty. You don't know why you can't fill a, a peace in your heart and in your life. And you remember what Jesus told old Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3? Jesus said, truly I say to you, or I tell you the truth, no one will see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. That's a beautiful passage. No one will see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. What does it mean to be, mean to be born again? To, to have a, no, a new order of being, to, to live, to bring glory to the kingdom of God. It's to have new eyes, to have a new heart, to be established and members of a new family. To, to have the joy of obedience like a child submitting to the Father's will to be born again. And when we think about being born again, and remember, he asked how a man can be born again when he's old, and Jesus told him he had to be born of the water and the Spirit. And you remember that I believe that God was touching his heart. Jesus was touching his heart, and maybe God's been touching your heart and working on you to see that, hey, I need to experience newness of life. I think about what Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20 when he said, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ Jesus now lives in me. And then Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I loved reading the story that Dr. Roger Fredrickson, pastor, Bible commentator, had shared. 
pastoring a church in Wichita, he shared that there had been over 100 Southeast Asians that had come into the church. And he got to know a man by the name of Mr. No. He said he found out that Mr. No had some issues. Mr. No was very abusive. He would beat his wife. He would beat his children. He drank too much, and in his own words, he would run around with other women. And many times, his wife and others would invite him to church, and he thought church was a joke. You ever met people you've invited and they've laughed it off? Church is a joke. He went in no part of it. Finally, through the persuasion of a buddy, he finally came to church. And guess what happened when he came to church? He had an encounter with God. The Holy Spirit convicted him, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. He was born again. Mr. No went home, emptied out all of his whiskey bottles. He asked for his wife's forgiveness and his children's forgiveness. He began to get up every morning and have Bible study at five in the morning with some other faithful believers. He would share his testimony, told the pastor he'd like to get up and share his testimony at church, and the pastor said, I... I just think it's amazing that, that you are so open about sharing your testimony, sharing with others. He said, isn't that what all Christians are supposed to do? Can't help but share about the good God has brought in our life and his mercy and his grace. Aren't we all supposed to do that? And his wife would later go on to say, I don't have just a different husband. I have a new husband. And that's the power of God to bring rebirth. Let me ask you this today. Have you been born again? If not, you can do that right now. Blessed are the meek. Well, we also think, when we think about meekness, we think about restraint. Another one of the Greek translations of the word meek means when an animal, potentially a wild animal, is brought under the submission or trained by its master. And so this animal who was once wild is tamed by its master. And then I think about verse 29 of Matthew chapter 11 that we just mentioned. When Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Now, what did he mean, take my yoke upon you and learn from me? Well, you remember yoke was that wooden beam that went over the oxen or over horses. Many times, a stronger, bigger ox would be paired with a smaller, weaker one so that the bigger one would pull the weight of the load. For you and me, Jesus is the stronger one, and we are the weaker one. And when we place our trust in him, he carries the bulk of the load. And I'm so thankful that Jesus carries you and me when our strength is not enough. And I'm so grateful today when I picture, and, and some scholars have even said that 
Jesus and his Galilean carpenter shop made the best yokes of anyone and said, potentially could have had over the door of the shop, my yoke fits well. And that he places his yoke upon us and his yoke is easy, verse 30, and his burden is light. But there's another definition when we think about meekness. I think about what Jesus, when Peter wrote about what Jesus did when people were insulting him in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. It says, when they hurled insults on him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Did you hear that? Jesus did not retaliate. How many of us need to practice restraint today? How many of us need to practice restraint on social media, want to just unload on somebody when they say something contrary to what we believe? How many of us want to unload on a, a coworker or a family member and we're not practicing restraint? You know what an excellent definition of meekness is? is humble submission, but then I love what was shared in a story about a pastor and his family who were on vacation, and children were arguing over something, and, and the dad uh, slash preacher tried to begin to lecture his family, and they were talking about the importance of being meek and kind and being gentle. When, when you think about the fruits of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are paired together there at the end. Well, this dad was trying to lecture or preach to his family about the importance of meekness and he said to his family, he said, you all don't even know what it means to be meek. You don't even know what it means to, be, to have meekness. And the son said to his father, I know. And the dad said, what is it? And he said, it's strength under control. Power under control. That's what, how Aristotle defined it. It's the happy median, medium between two extremes. But it's strength or power under control. Well, after that young man shared, the father was impressed that his son knew that definition. Years later, that young man would grow and, and a recommendation letter would be written by a mentor. And in that letter of recommendation, this Mentor wrote the words, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Use this passage we're sharing today and said, never in my 20 years as an educator have I seen a young person articulate the meaning of meekness. And not only articulate, 
but to live it out during difficult circumstances and place his trust in God. And that inspires and challenges me today to know we as followers of Christ, disciples of Christ, we are not to act as the world acts to retaliate and anger or you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you and, and to fire off on people because that destroys our witness. But we are to practice strength or power under control. And if we can do that, then God can begin to do some great things in our lives. So we have rebirth and we have restraint, but lastly is the reward. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. What in the world does it mean to inherit the earth? Well, to inherit the earth can mean that we experience the contentment and the peace and the love here on this earth in which we live. It's surrendering to the will of God. It's yielding to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's placing our lives under God's control instead of our own control. It's submitting fully, surrendering fully to him. Have you done that today? But it also can mean not only is it making our lives here on this earth sweeter and better by practicing meekness instead of retaliation and exploding and going off on people, but it also can mean eternal life. Remember what John said in Revelation 21, verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And then I saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, dressed, beautifully dressed as a bride for her husband. It could mean eternal life. We'll inherit that eternal life, a new heaven and a new earth. But there are some of you here today that need to experience the reward of living a faithful life for Jesus Christ. And that's something I've said all along about being faithful. So many times we are guilty of basing our lives on the world's view of success. Many times we base it on this and that, but I've shared with you before, but at the end of the day, we need to ask God this question and ask ourselves, have I been faithful? And if we've been faithful, God takes care of the rest. Have I been faithful? Can you say you're being faithful today? I want to close by sharing a story that Billy Graham shared in an old book from years ago called The Secret of Happiness. Billy Graham shared about a Christian woman who had many positive attributes, but she was very impatient and many times would have explosive anger. Even though she was a Christian, had many positive attributes, this pastor knew that her husband was not a Christian. So the pastor went to see this woman's husband one day. And when he was trying to urge him to come to Christ, he said, preacher, he said, being religious makes you as impatient as my wife is, I don't want any part of it. The pastor would later go on to 
speak to that wife and share with her what her husband had shared, and she began to weep. And she said, I have a problem with patience. I'm a very impatient person. And she said, I do get angry. And she said, I'm so sorry for that. She repented. A few days later, her husband had been out fishing. And he was walking through the house carrying his fishing pole. And because of the long tip, he hit a vase expensive vase going through the house that thing landed in the floor and crashed into a million pieces well the wife came running out of the kitchen the husband was ready for the second crash of his wife's words unloading on him but instead the wife came out and she said that's okay sweetheart accidents happen even in the best of families. Wouldn't you know, a short time after that, that husband came to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and became a faithful servant in God's church. And here was the difference. He not only heard Christianity being preached from his wife, he experienced it by the way she lived. From that point on really the best witness we have is how we live our lives when people see you and see me to see if we're the real deal or if we're preaching this message when we're at church preaching this message when we're at home preaching this message when we're on the ball field or preaching this message when we're on the basketball court or preaching this message when we're hanging out here with these friends, we must be consistent and authentic in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've never given your heart and life fully surrendered to him, that's the first step in finding joy. Some of you are here and you've lost your joy. You've become bitter. You've become angry. You've become anxious you become self-centered, and it's time to give that all to the Lord and say it's more about you than it is about me. What can I do for you instead of, Lord, what can you do for me? What the Lord can do for you today is save you and me. And all we have to do is humble ourselves, submit in meekness to his leading and say, I want to stop getting mad at people. I want to stop exploding on people. I want to stop being impatient with people. I want to be humble and gentle in heart. I want to be like Jesus. And if we can do that, God can bring others to know him by our example. Aren't you ready to live that kind of life even now as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here, and they've never given their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus. They've never been born again. I pray they would experience this newness of life, even now, that they might confess their sin, ask you to forgive them, and to come into their hearts 
Repent from the old way of life and start walking in newness of life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, maybe there's some Christians that have gotten off track. And, Lord, they've grown weary, they've grown tired, they've grown impatient, and they've been going off on people and exploding on people and venting about people and about how things are. Oh, God, I pray that you would bring us under your control, that we would allow you to place your yoke upon us, and that we would learn from you because you are humble and gentle of heart, and we'll find rest for our souls. Lord, maybe there's some folks that have been looking for a church home. They've been worshiping with us online and Maybe they were visiting pre-pandemic and now they're starting to come back and they want to be a part of a church family that will love them and support them, not a perfect church. And, and I'm certainly not a perfect pastor, but we point people to our perfect and loving God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that people would find a place of encouragement, a place of place of love, a place of acceptance in this church home. Oh God, whatever our decision, help us to place our complete trust in you. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory for the victory we trust you to bring in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. If you're in this place, I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we sing a hymn of commitment if you've never given your life to Christ, it would be my privilege to pray with you. If you're a Christian and you want to rededicate your life, it'd be my privilege to pray with you. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love for you to be a part. These front rows are open here. I invite you to come as we sing.
Amen. I want to thank you so much for being here today. And I just thank you for my sister and the Lord that came today for prayer. And we continue to pray for you and pray for others of you maybe that are going through a challenging time. No, God is with you. And just like that song said, he will save you. And his timing is perfect, and uh, we, ain't, we ask for prayer for certain things, and we feel like, God, you're not hearing my prayer. You're not hearing my, I promise you, he hears, but he may not answer in your time or the way you want him to answer it. He will answer, but it'll be in his time, and it'll be for our good and for his glory. So God's faithful to do that. Remember that today. Thank you for worshiping with us. If you're worshiping with us online and you'd like to make a decision, it'd be my privilege to pray with you or talk with you about your decision. You can contact the church office or go to our website, and one of us on staff will pray with you. Again, if you're here and you'd like to talk with any of us about making a decision for the Lord, please don't hesitate to contact us. There's no greater joy than to pray with you, and see God moving in your life. Thank you for coming. You'll be receiving questions. If you're on our uh, email mailing list, you'll receive discussion questions about the message today that you can do with your family or table group. And just to talk more about what God said to you during this message, feel free to do that. And then join us Wednesday night at 6 virtually. I shared at the early service, I and we are praying about a, a more full comeback plan. We've been meeting in person since last June, and I'm so grateful that we've been able to offer that as well as the online services, but I, I know how much we are eager to get everything rolling, so be in prayer for me and us as we are trying to fine-tune a plan, and I'll be uh, sharing that with you here before too long. Thank you for your patience and your prayers. And I ask that you continue to do that as we all uh, need one another as we get through this challenging time. But thank you for worshiping. Don't forget how much God loves you and we love you too. Go out and enjoy this beautiful afternoon today as Bill leads us in a closing song. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.